Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Grant, O merciful God, that your church, being gathered together in unity by your Holy Spirit, may show forth your power among all peoples, to the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. Listen to me, you that pursue righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you. For he was but one when I called him, but I blessed him and made him many. For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places and will make her wildness, wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Listen to me, my people, and give heed to me, my nation, for a teaching will go out from me, and my justice for a light to the peoples. I will bring near my deliverance swiftly. My salvation has gone out, and my arms will rule the peoples. The coastlands wait for me, and for my arm they hope. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look at the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and those who live on it will die like gnats. But my salvation will be forever, and my deliverance will never be ended. The word of the Lord. We will read Psalm 138 responsibly. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down before your holy temple and praise your name because of your love and faithfulness. For you have glorified your name and your word above all things. When I called, you answered me. You increased my strength within me. All the kings of the earth will praise you, O Lord, when they have heard the words of your mouth. They will sing of the ways of the Lord that great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, he cares for the lowly. He perceives the haughty from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you keep me safe. You stretch forth your hand against the fury of my enemies. Your right hand shall save me. The Lord will make good his purpose for me. O Lord, your love endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. A reading from Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, 
each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy, in proportion to faith, ministry, in ministering, the teacher, in teaching, the exhorter, in exhortation, the giver, in generosity, the leader, in diligence, the compassionate, in cheerfulness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week I spoke quite a bit about story and the way in which our lives are wrapped in stories. We are always held within the power of stories shaping and directing our lives. The storytellers wield incredible power, and they are often at odds with us and one another, each pulling us toward their own ends, trying to direct and determine the meaning of our lives. You might not recall, but I used a tricky phrase that I picked up from a lecture in preparation for last week's sermon. That phrase is oppositional consciousness. The lecturer Dr. Willie James Jennings borrows this phrase from a philosopher in order to describe the way in which faith reorients us toward a new way of living, a way often in contrast with the storytellers. I quoted Jennings on faith and story saying, quote, life is always about story. Faith is about God taking hold of our story and drawing it to new life. So faith opens up the possibilities of telling my story differently, not in denial, but toward a new end, toward new life. Simply put, faith is about telling our story differently, caught up inside of God's story and ultimately directed toward the end, the world God desires so faith is the capacity to see the world differently in opposition to the way the stories seem to be playing out around us, calling us toward participation in their various plots and conclusions. 
Faith is the oppositional consciousness, and the church is meant to inhabit this kind of view of the world, presenting to the world from within it an alternative reality, an alternative way of life together, an alternative politics to those of the rest of the world. Most of you have hopefully paid enough attention to me over the last four years to know that I reject wholeheartedly the idea that the church is not political. While I am happy to leave American partisan politics at the door, I will not concede politics as a whole to the terms set by our pitiful and unimaginative system. Politics is about organizing our life together, moving our community toward a holistic vision of peace and flourishing. As a Christian, it is my conviction that there is no better source of such a vision of peace and flourishing than the one we find in the gospel, in the proclamation of the good news of the kingdom of God, in the ministry of Jesus. The politics of Jesus and the kingdom of God are the alternative, the other story that stands in opposition to the world, bearing witness to a justice, peace, wholeness, and flourishing that refuses to allow coercion and violence to advance its plot. It calls us toward a new oppositional way of living in the world, a life of faith, because it accepts the lordship of Jesus the Christ and the story he is telling about us and all creation. In our gospel today, Peter is not simply making a statement of belief. He is declaring his allegiance to Jesus in political opposition to Caesar. The setting, the proclamation, and the response of Jesus all point in this direction. Caesarea Philippi, which is where this confession takes place, is a significant setting. The city itself was established and named for Caesar, obviously Caesarea, by the Herods, which is a Jewish pseudo-royal dynasty. They honored Augustus. The Herods honored Augustus with a temple. They named the city for Caesar, and then later again named it for Nero, a subsequent emperor. To quote uh, Warren Carter, a biblical scholar, quote, its names, Caesarea Philippi, its names, buildings, typically using local wealth, taxes and levies, labor and materials, its activities and history attest Rome's claims to power, Rome's claims and its power, end quote. Peter's confession in this location signifies his political allegiance to Jesus over against Caesar and Herod, who has himself bowed to Caesar. The declaration that Jesus is the Son of God is in direct contradiction to the claim the emperor has on this title. It was not uncommon for or it was not uncommon to style Caesar as the Son of God. So Peter's pledge of allegiance in this place with this title sets him over against the leadership of his own people and that of Rome itself. In this way, Peter is not simply stating a belief. Rather, he is making a confession of faith insofar as he is adopting the story of the kingdom of God as his own story over against the story of the Roman Empire and its collaborators. He has set himself in opposition to Rome by his proclaimed allegiance to Jesus and the reign of God. Jesus responds with both a blessing and an affirmation of Peter's confession. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Peter is renamed 
And Jesus deploys some wordplay, attaching Peter to the confession he has just made. Jesus essentially says, you are rocky, and on this rock I will build my church. It is important to recognize that Jesus does not use a term here that is primarily religious when he speaks of a new community. He does not talk about synagogue or temple, the places where the cult worship practices would be observed. The word translated church is the word ecclesia, which literally means the ones called out, the ones who are called out. But it is accurately translated as something as simple as assembly or gathering. As Warren Carter again notes, quote, the assembly is not primarily cultic, that is worship, but political, social, cultural. By use of this term, that's end quote, by use of this term, Jesus is not necessarily naming a new religious community, but rather a holistic political community that organizes its life around the culture of the kingdom of God, most notably revealed in this gospel in the Sermon on the Mount, but certainly throughout the whole of Jesus' ministry and teaching. I want to be clear on this. Jesus is not establishing a new religion as one option among many. This ecclesia is not something to be compartmentalized as a portion of our whole life. Rather, Jesus is inaugurating a new society, a new kingdom that enfolds the whole of life and our interactions and relationships. At first glance, it might seem like Jesus is claiming that Peter himself is the rock upon which he will build his church, and that has certainly been the interpretation of some Christians, although being an Anglican, we, I, I must directly refute this. However, it seems to be more likely that Jesus is building the church on the confession that Peter has just made. The contrasting claim that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is the Son of God, this declaration will provide the foundation, the bedrock, the cornerstone for the new community called out from its captivity to the empires of the world to become a contrasting witness to the reign of God. This declaration will be the pledge of allegiance for those whose loyalty lies with the kingdom of God and its righteousness, its justice. It's peace. We can see then in the opening verses of Romans 12 the call to this same oppositional consciousness, to an alternative way of life, born of this foundational confession in Caesarea Philippi. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Chapter 12 of Romans begins Paul's section in the letter on ethics, which outlines the behavior of those diverse members of the one body who would live a non-conforming life of allegiance to God's kingdom. What follows this opening to chapter 12 is a general exhortation in the same register as the Sermon on the Mount, showing us that this non-conforming way of life in the ecclesia, the church, the body of many members and gifts, is the demonstration plot. This non-conforming way of life is the demonstration plot of the kingdom of God amidst a violent and alienated world. It does not seem to me that the good news is hidden here. It does not take much insight or perception to look at the world around us, both in our own place and culture and on the global scale, to identify the ways in which the politics of coercion, violence, greed, 
and alienation from creation and one another holds life captive. Who wouldn't want to hear of an alternative possibility where mercy determines our lives and transforms our imaginations? Who wouldn't want to be liberated from enslavement to capital and fear of violence? Who wouldn't want to contribute their unique gifts to a community that receives those gifts with thanksgiving and reciprocates them with love? This new story begins here, where we gather as a body, as the ecclesia, to rest, to pray, and to listen. Here we gather in opposition to the world around us by performing acts of humility, peace, gift-giving, thanksgiving, and gift-receiving. These are the non-conforming politics of the end economics of the kingdom of God, humility, peace, and gifts. The storytellers would have us believe that our actions here are idealistic and impractical. But for those of us who would receive the story of faith, it is an alternative way of life that bears witness to the kingdom of God, resists the powers of death, and leads to a new, abundant life together. Amen. Let us stand together and recite the statement of faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe, we believe in, in one God, God the Father, the, the Almighty, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Prayers to the people are form six. Let us pray for the church and for the world. In peace, we pray to you, Lord God. For all people in their daily life and work. For our families, friends, and neighbors, and for those who are alone. Remembering especially Joseph, our president, the Congress of the United States, Bill, our governor, our courts of justice, Pat and Richard, our mayors, we pray for this community, the nation, and the world. For all who work for justice, freedom, and peace. For the just and the proper use of your creation. For the victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression. For all who are in danger, sorrow, or any kind of trouble. 
for those who minister to the sick, the friendless, and the needy, for the peace and unity of the Church of God, for all who proclaim the gospel and all who seek the truth, for Justin, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael, our presiding bishop, Brian, our bishop, Johnny, our rector, Chris and Gordon, our deacons, in our diocese, St. Columbia, Bristol, and in our companion diocese of South Dakota, Holy Innocence, Parmalee, and for all bishops and other ministers. For all who serve God in his church. For the special needs and concerns of this congregation, especially Sister and Gordon, Becky, Carolyn, Stephanie and family, Ed, Bill, Tony, Cal, Louisa, Catherine, Randy, Lisa, Mariana, Martha, Mike, Alice and DeWitt, Doreen, Beth, Myra, Hal, John, Rick, Jay, John, Kim, Mark, Pat, Diana, Jackson, Jonathan, Michael, Jonathan, Regina, Patricia, Van, Sarah Beth, Jason, Daryl, Mike, Gary, Charlie and Phyllis, Kim, Diane, Larry, Bunky, Matt, Richard, Susan, Harold, Caitlin, Trish, Paul, Daryl, Dawn, Christy, Jessica, Justin, Nora, Robbie. Hear us, Lord. For your mercy is great. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life. We will exalt you, O God, our King. And praise your name forever and ever. We pray for all who have died, that they may have a place in your eternal kingdom. Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them. Who put their trust in you. We pray to you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone. And so uphold us by your Spirit, that we may live and serve you in newness of life, to the honor and glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins, through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. Friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, 
You have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace, and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may God the Holy Trinity make you strong in faith and love, defend you on every side, and guide you in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. We who are called out, let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.